Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I want to take a moment to tell you about my upcoming program, Creative Woman Set Free. So I've just been wanting to initiate a group of incredible souls, incredible women into opening their creative channel. And this is really the channel of love. It is the channel that moves from the throat into the heart and into the womb, the pussy. And so a lot of us have a lot of tightening or blockages in that channel, and really it can hinder the expression of our soul in the world. To me, there's an emanation that arises from within, from deep, 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 deep within. Sometimes we pull from the outside first when we're like, who am I and what am I going to express? But in this class, we're going to really source from deep within. We're going to find the magnetic and unique, special thing that only you have. So this has been so important for me. It's like, what is that particular bouquet kaleidoscope of my soul and how do I express that outward in the world? I want to help you find that so that you don't have any questions about it, so that you actually have a direct link down and in to your heart and soul, and you can feel what it wants to express in the world. We're going to have so much fun. There will be ritual. There will be spotlight coaching. There will be anecdotes from me about my epic fails and epic wins and myths and stories, and it will be a beautiful journey. So come on board. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to have you. Hi, everybody. I am very excited to have Rebecca Campbell on the podcast. She gave such a kind endorsement for my book. It was one of those moments where you're like, oh my God, how did this happen? Um, It just touched my heart so deeply. And her work has touched my heart for a long time. There have been some hard times where reading her books really helped me through picking from her card decks. And I've consistently uh, gone back to them for years and years and just felt the truth of her channel and her heart. So when she said yes to being on the podcast, I was very happy. So I hope you enjoy uh, the depth of her practice, the depth of her heart, her artistry, and her gifts with the world. I am so happy to have Rebecca Campbell on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, happy, happy to be here. Well, I have been a fan of this woman for a long time. So I remember, I remember taking one of your books with me. I think it was Light is the New Black. And um, I, I had it with me on this trip to Brazil where I was directing for Maybelline and Glamour magazine. And like I went into this small town and met this young, young girl when I was in the kind of more filmmaking side of my life. And I was going through such a dark night of the soul, like everything mm-hmm. was crumbling around me. And I was just holding on to your book and just kind of like, <laughs> I was like, my old identity, my old work mm-hmm. structure is crumbling. My old friends, like there's a whole new um, experience that's evolving in my life. And I just needed someone to tell me it was okay. Um, mm-hmm. And and that book was like, 
this is okay. <laughs> At least that's how I interpreted it. And so that brings me to my first question, which I didn't really know until we did some research for this podcast that you had this whole other life as a creative and a creative director. And I'm just curious about your transition from working as a creative director to working as a full-time mystic. Is that (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. Well, that whole book, I basically wrote to myself, like I I knew, I knew I'd been called to, to write and to kind of like step out of the spiritual closet and be a full-time mystic. I'd been a mystic consciously since I was a teenager, but it was like majorly undercover kind of like by day, by night, I was two different people. Um, And my closest people knew that, but it wasn't like integrated into like the everyday. Um, And, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure like you, I, I, loved working in a, the creative industry. I learned so many amazing things like about being a writer as well. Cause I was copywriter and then art director and then creative director. Right. And so I'm like, I look back now and I'm like, Whoa, like I learned a lot that I can use now that I wouldn't have had I not done that. <laughs> right. Right, um, right. Right. But yeah, th- that book light is a new black. I just, I knew for so long, you know, the crumbling had been coming for such a long time. Yeah. And I, I, I committed to my writing every day as in, and and I would write while I walked in um, the parks of London on my way to work. Wait, okay. So how did you do that on your phone or on my phone mainly? I had a notebook too, but on my phone mainly. Yeah. 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 And because I gave myself, because I worked in a deadline based industry, I was good with deadlines. (laughs) I knew how to work with like deadlines. Yeah. It's how to get creative done. And so I was like, right, 10 minutes a day, I'm going to write. And so I would, walk through the park and often, you know, I'd be running late. And so I'd be like, I've got to get my meditation done and then get my writing done. And I found that actually through when walking through nature, it it was like, I don't know how you receive your writing, but for me, it was like word after word after word, like a letter, like a thread. And I'd walk and I'd imagine myself walking towards the mystic life and away from the other life <laughs> wow. and writing it down. But I was literally writing it to myself, like as in like every chapter was kind of like encouraging myself to take the next step towards it. Um, so, yeah, while I was writing it, I, I I remember when receiving what the book was meant to be about, I was just like, how could I possibly do that? Because I'm not that. But uh-huh. I think... Um, Sometimes when we write to ourselves, it's like our future self coming, like yeah. pulling us forward, maybe. I don't oh, know. I totally, I totally agree mm. with that. And I just, I get a lot while I'm, while I'm walking and working out, which sometimes I used to be like in Pilates class and have to run out and grab my phone <laughs> and take notes. And now yeah. I tell my, I tell my channel now, like, okay, girl, just chill, just be there when we're done. Because, um, <laughs> But I'm like that as well. I get a lot in motion and I, I've trained myself to sit down and to just open the channel at my altar like every morning because that's a helpful container. And it just doesn't happen like that all the time. Like the body, right. I think the soma, unlocking the body and being, like you said, also in nature, like the channel opens. I used to have to pull over the car in LA so often when I, when I was, especially when I was in this big transition from one life to another, because I was just getting so much info. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
but I love what you said about writing to your your future self writing to your current self, because I also experienced that. And I, the second season of this web show I created when I was kind of leaving my filmmaker life, I wrote about a woman who moved from New York to LA and became a spiritual coach. And I had never thought to do that, like ever (laughs) in my conscious mind. But I was, I feel like I was writing to my future self. And I was like, yeah, this may feel a little goofy at first. It (laughs) It may feel a little strange to your old, you know, ad agency, creative, you know, people, uh, filmmaking friends that all of a sudden you're like in this spiritual coaching vibe, but like, here's the reality. Let's like lay it out for you. It's possible, you know? So totally. I love that. And I think also like when I, I'm not sure what happened for you, but when, when I was like gathering up the courage to like do it and it felt, it felt risky, you know, like kind of giving up and making this big announcement or whatever to like leave this career that you might've like built or invested in. And like, you know, my, I always knew that like, I wanted to put creations out in the world. And I always knew my career was like, to be honest, like a really real, like the most important part of my life um, for most of my life has been actually. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I was actually like, wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids for that reason. Cause I just didn't want to like miss the calling. So I had that burning deep within me my entire life, even just as a little girl. And so it felt like a huge thing to kind of like burn it all down in a way. And yeah. what one thing that I decided to do was instead of um, kind of going, right, I'm leaving and I'm going to be a soul reader or whatever it was that I was doing <laughs> at the time, I didn't do that. I just said to, I said to people, um, I've always wanted to write a book um, and I'm in this like unique opportunity in my life this time. Like I I don't have kids. I'm not actually in a relationship. I'm going to give myself six months to do that. So I kind of gave myself like a, that was like my elevator pitch so that I wasn't like just burning everything down. And I also was trying to manage like those, like, you know, the projections that people give are like, Oh, that's a bit risky. Or are you sure? You know? Right. Because I found when I did that, it was like, Oh my God, everyone has a secret dream. Like I, it ended up like being like talking about everyone else's secret dream. I was like, oh, that's such a relief. (laughs) Right. Wow. That's a beautiful kind of way of doing it. And I think it can, it reminds me that we don't have to reveal all of us to everyone, Mm. you know, and that there's like a moment to reveal one layer or another layer. And so it sounds like for you at that time, it was like, the revelation of the full spectrum of you it was still like part of that so private at that time. And mm-hmm. so you had really good instincts about um, what feels like the right layer to reveal and to share mm-hmm. with people because it's so tender too. And so, so private, like this relationship between us and our practice and us and God, goddess divine. And it's like, I think if we just, there is this tendency nowadays, I think for people online to think that you just have to throw open the doors of your soul and reveal it all, all the time. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't believe that. I think there's so much Mm -hmm. that is so, so sacred to us. And so I like how maybe on some level you were like, (laughs) yeah, I don't need to tell everyone that I'm like this like (laughs) deep intuitive mystic. I'm writing a book, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So how did that, how did 
did that then transition to where you are now? And I mean, obviously it's been a long journey, so I'm not asking you to recap all of it, but from that place of having the courage to take a risk, to leave the job. I imagine you probably saved up some money or something to write. Yeah, the- I'd saved up money. I went from um, five days a week to three days a week, okay. um, which like, to be honest, I just was doing five days in three days, Yeah, <laughs> but I did go to contractor rates. So I actually was getting paid the same amount. So that felt like a real blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, And then, and then, yeah, I saved up enough for six months, like, you know, to take care of rent and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and a little bit more. So it was all my savings. So it was kind of like yeah. a deposit on a flat or a business that right. I'm starting. So I went for the latter. And then I think that, yeah, since then, um, you know, there's been, gosh, like you, I'm sure, just like so many ups and downs and roundabouts and spirals and all of that. But I think the the constant thing has been yeah just just always going back to prayer and always going back to like like what I'm a projector in human design so I gotta wait for that invitation um and oh, so it's nice. always an inner invitation for me I mean sometimes it's an outer invitation but it's like yeah and and yeah so just trusting the creations that come through yeah prudently so yeah I think that's really been the main the main thread that's been woven and I think it's like tricky though because it's like as we're growing and changing and especially when we're sharing our experiences it's like how much to share the person versus the persona and all of that it's so complex and yeah particularly when we're in these like in-between times where or like I've just been through like I would say like a about a three or four year winter in a oh, winter. Really? Where I, I would yeah. have known that from the outside. I'm like, she's happy. Really? Her content looks great. Oh, I don't know. Your emails are always inspiring. Oh, bless you. <laughs> but I do think this I year feel- I'm out of it. But okay. Oh, okay. my God. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I did see a little bit of it. But mm-hmm. do you want to share? Could you share a little bit about what that was like for you? Because maybe I feel like I've also had a little bit of that the last few years. And I wonder yeah. if people really know because I'm still creating. And it's right. Like, and you're still creating too, but it doesn't mean that we're in this like lush spring inside, right? It can be right. Like, yeah. Well, I feel like like an example of it is like there there is a book called Returning that I've written a lot of words on. Like I've written over a hundred thousand words, but I wow. I don't know if any of them will be used because yeah. I'm like I don't even know what they are. Because yeah. it's like it's life and death and birth and the in-between and changing and all of this. And so it's like this kind of like making sense mm-hmm. period. Like I became a mom in that period. Um, I Lots of changes happened. But also the world right. was on fire and changing yeah. and all yeah. of that. And so I feel like in that period for me, um, which was – so what am I now? I'm 40 – one now and they say around 36 to 42 is like a really big like transition period yeah where you're kind of like you know it's that midlife crisis like who am I and who am I becoming and so for me it's been this my 30s up until then it was I, I went through this whole thing of like 
I know who I am now, you know, and I had my first awakening as a teenager where it's like right. everything is like, wow, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I need yeah. to find the answers of life. Right. Um, and then, you know, Saturn returns, rock bottom me kind of time. And then you come to yourself and you really get to know your soul and how to embody your soul and all of that. And then this, this period that I'm just kind of like peeking my head out of, it's kind of like, whoa, that has been the, I, I didn't even know how to talk about it yet, right. but it's really, it's been all about endings. It's been all about, um, yeah, being in transition and the in-between. Mm. Um, I think also becoming a mom and um, which to me is not so much about becoming a mother of a child, which I guess it kind of is as well, but it's not the way I thought it would be. It's just like it has felt like at a cellular level, like I, if I have a dream about it, it's like the, if you imagine like, um, like the earth, kind of like an earthquake quake, and then the lava underneath, it's just like, Whoa. like at a cellular level, that type of thing happening. And so then you're just like, Whoa, who even am I? And who even now am I? Yeah. And and I think also just being all of a sudden so attached to the world. Um, yeah. because you've got this being who is there all of a sudden. I didn't realize um that there was this part of me that was kind of like, right, gotta do what I came here to do, and then I can get out of here. It's like now I'm like fully invested here. And I had no idea that that even existed in me before. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 I, I mean, I feel how it's like hard to put some things into words <laughs> and it's like how from the outside we, I could experience you as a creative and as an author and as a teacher, a public figure as like, Hey, I'm going through changes and like, things are happening, but no one can really feel it. Right. Like we don't right. know. And I say, I think I've said a lot of sort of things in that space in the last few years, like wanting to try to explain a little <laughs> bit of like some of the things that I've been through, but it, it, it doesn't, I, I mean, maybe in five years or something, there'll be a right. more clarity. And I like what you said. I mean, I don't like it, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> sort of about this sort of we hit the we did the rock bottom and like the in the Saturn's return and it's like oh my god everything's falling apart and who I thought it wasn't and I I feel like the last two years have been hard and maybe no, that's been like the actual falling apart I know it's like I thought I went through the dark night of the soul uh uh like that was that was that was a, an ego crumbling for sure exactly but, yeah yeah and and you know for me it's really manifested in my area of my relationship with my mother and her health and also going through miscarriage and also mm. leaving my life in LA and moving to Colorado to be with my partner and so mm. at, at this time there's been so much grief and like mm. this past few years um but that it's, but that I can't really explain to the world yet, you know, right. it's like I can give a right. little taste of it. Of well, even something like miscarriage, I think it's so hard to describe yeah. and it's hard to talk to anyone about it. I think like I've been through yeah. it a couple of times myself and it's just like, I think it's a grief that is more than any other grief that I've had. It's like, there, there are actually no words. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I feel like I can't access it through words at all. And right. yeah. Yeah. I wrote a story about it. That's going to be in my next book, which is, mm. was less about the depth of the grief of the experience, but about me asking for help because I, I had it about, um, two months after I moved to Boulder and I didn't really know any, many people here. And my partner was away when it happened oh. and it was like a full labor experience. Um, and mm. I had to reach out to all these women here and ask for help, which was very vulnerable. And so, um, you know, in, in my next book, I talk about that piece, but the, the other piece and even as think it's hard for our partners to understand, like, totally. I, I'm like, I wish you understood how hard this was for me. Well, there's so many parts to it, though, because there is there is the physical part to it. Like, and I, I hear you with like it. It's physical, like you right. not all experience it like this, of course. But like, yeah, like literally going through labor, like having contractions, passing like it is very physical. Like that's a physical trauma. One moment before there's life. Right. And then a second later, it's the opposite. Like right. it's like the most extreme mysteries that there are. Yeah. But then there's the hormonal changes as a result of it. Like yeah. I remember when I had my first miscarriage, I, um, I, I hadn't, it wasn't planned. Um, so I didn't have at that time like this, like I really need to be a mother. Um, right. So I didn't have that emotional bit, but that's why I realized like straight after I was like needing a baby, like I need a baby. I didn't want to be a mom at that stage, but so that kind of showed me like the hormonal side of it. Like it's like there's a physical reaction to when it happens in your body. Yeah. And then there is, you know, all the other emotional stuff and oh, yeah, so much. So, <laughs> well, we went through those things <laughs> and I, well, I have two questions about this because we are just talking about motherhood and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. and do you think that, that, that a soul was involved in that process, mm. like in sort of kind of maybe peaking its way? Mm. Do you think the same soul is with you now as you're pregnant? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I do. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little story about it that, that I didn't, I didn't expect. And I, I definitely didn't have a silver lining when it was happening, but I feel like I'm just starting to, you know, when you just get enough distance to see it but we 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 conceived in Australia um we'd just done a trip there I mean the borders had been shut with COVID so we hadn't like my dad hadn't met my son and he was like wow. over two years old kind of thing wow. um and so we'd been through hotel quarantine and then got pregnant um when we landed and about um for for, for a couple of years my main program that I'd been um, this bit, like the main part yeah. of my business financially, I guess, um, it hadn't been feeling in alignment and I knew that there was new something new coming, but then, so anyway, I just knew I needed to let that go. Um, yeah. but then it's like that thing of like, Oh, what's going to come to take its place and how am I going to pay for my team? But I just, I knew I needed to do it. So I, I was like, I'll give myself a, a window to do it and see what happens. And we conceived and then um, 
within that week. So you, for, for about six years earlier, I got a vision during a training I was doing that like I was a student of, um, while we were chanting of a mystery school that I was going to create. I saw it very clearly. It was like one of those like real clear callings, but for six years, I couldn't bring it into form. Like I couldn't see the structure of it. I couldn't, I knew it was something to do with nature and the sacred, but I couldn't, I couldn't land it. And anyway, this week that we conceived all of a sudden, it was like, boom, 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 boom. This is the structure of the training. And then my husband became involved and it was like, it was so clear and the team assembled around it. It was just so cold and so clear. And then we found out we were pregnant and I was like, whoa, this is definitely connected with the baby. And I felt that at the time. And then on, on Christmas morning, I woke up and I, it was clear that um, I was losing the baby. And um, then we came back here and, um, you know, back to, to Glastonbury where I live now. And both my husband and I, it was like um, we used the energy of the birth and it didn't feel like it was like, like I was definitely in like the grief and I couldn't quite shake it, but there was this creative energy that both of us felt that we actually used to create the mystery school, but it wasn't like, you know, that avoidance of when you're in right, grief right, and right, avoiding right. it, it was like proper creation energy. And then we got pregnant along the way. And I'm sure that that soul is the same one. Um, I'm sure of it. Um, and now it's interesting because, so uh, this is my second child, my first, um, Sunny, when I was pregnant with him, I remember people saying to me, Oh, have you connected with the soul of the baby and all of this? And I was like, I remember saying to um, this wise woman who is like a therapist and various different things. And I was like, I feel like this is my work. And like I had connected with the soul prior to him coming and little glimpses, but I I had thought that the connection would be like, oh yeah, like, you know, constant right, right. journaling and writing, like, you yeah. know, like pen pals or something, but it wasn't. <laughs> and I remember her saying to me, um, but why would you pry open the petals of a bud mm. why wouldn't you trust that the bud is just blooming mm. and, it's, and it's oh I was just like in awe when she said that and I was like yes and I think it's this piece of like spirituality where we can kind of go out and not embody it and with both Sunny and and this soul that I feel is returning um I I had glimpses of both of them, but it wasn't until like six months, which I'm, I mean, at the moment, um, that I felt like it was like the soul was woven in physically and I can, and like in my life, I can feel that presence here. Okay. So I just want to take a quick break from the episode to share about one of my affiliate partners, Chakrups, the original crystal sex toy company. You may have seen me share about them on Instagram or in the press because I have because I love them. (laughs) Vanessa Cuccia, who is the founder of the company, and she was also a guest on this podcast in episode six. She really pioneered the idea of using crystals for heightened sexual and spiritual intimacy. 
Each chakra is handcrafted from 100% natural crystal, and they're completely body safe. And the store carries a wide array of products that infuse your energetic field with the subtle energy that the crystal of your chakra holds. Using a chakra over time can help build sensitivity and reawaken subtle sensations within your body. Yay! <laughs> I have personally used them for years, and I love their products. And over the last few years, I've recommended them to many clients and survivors of sexual trauma, not only for exploring their self-pleasure, but for healing, releasing blockages, feelings held in the body, and rebuilding and reawakening their relationship to sexuality and sensuality over time. And also they are these beautiful objects which you can put like on an altar and some way in your home to really um, embrace them. So use the link in the show notes and the code is Love at checkout to receive a 10% discount in the store. Big love and enjoy. I love that. I, I think that's so beautiful to imagine that the soul came to like get an idea underfoot underway and to help you mm. resolve potentially, right? We're, we're creating meaning, but, but like to mm. potentially help you resolve an aspect of the old business into the new one, which mm. kind of creates some like grounded security for you before mm. this being comes through, you know? Well, that's it. And had, had, um, it, stayed um the first time we we there's no way it would have been created this year like it would have been next year or the year after to be honest yeah 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 well yeah I think about that in our process here how like Mm. our karma got expedited Mm. like whether it's just like a karmic teacher or friend that came through and that energetic of accidentally getting pregnant it definitely expedited healing and clearing and readying and grounding that we were both kind of like wandering mystics, free spirits, like doing our own thing. And it was like, okay, you have to show up to each other, to life, to home, to work mm. and like clean up anything that's out of whack. And like, it may take you a few months, you guys, <laughs> mainly in our own relational patterns, not so much in our own individual practices, but we just like had to kind of come in and do some of that karmic cleanup, which yeah, in the, in the, in the opening to deep connection just happens. Right. So mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's like, you Me know, too. it's better to talk about that. And as women, I, it's so, I think, helpful. Um, and I love what your teacher said about not prying it open. Cause I do feel like part of one of the many shadows of kind of so much spiritual content and ideas is ra- over rationalizing mm. um, and trying to figure out everything, right? Like <laughs> who's the soul? Where'd they come from? You know, and um and there is, and I think this is something that you honor in your work, like the mystery is the mystery for a reason. Oh my God. We can't possibly we can't, you know, and, and I think like when the longer we're on the journey, the more we're just like sure of the mystery, right? Exactly. Like I, the the same woman said in a, the most wise thing to me it was even more wise than that. And that was like after I'd given birth to Sonny and I, I was very aware I was giving birth to him. I had done, had so much fear about birth um, and I'd done a, a lot of work. I had 
it was very painful, but it was very, um, I had a home birth and it was, it, I, I would say it was a positive birth experience. Um, so I very much knew I was giving birth to him, but the moment he came out and I, I remember seeing her and just like, I just, I don't, I don't understand how, when he was there, literally like from hours of knowing what's happening to just being there. And I was like, my reaction was like, oh my God, there's a baby. (laughs) As if like, I had no idea I was giving birth and there's just this, whoa, there's a, whoa. Oh, like that. Like that was my reaction, which is like, so not what I thought it was. And, and then she said to me, oh my God, I feel like crying every time she says it. She's like, but Rebecca, how else is one to react when a miracle occurs right before their eyes? And I was like, Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And it is. Oh my God. It's like, it's like when we look at a flower, we go into that awe space. It's just like, oh. Right. And then I think when that happens, it's like the soul or the sacred is like fully here. It's in the body. Right. It's not just this concept of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's so beautiful. And it's so true. It's like, how would you know how to receive a miracle except to be like, what? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> what the? <laughs> um, oh, wow. I love all of that. So one one thing that I was thinking about is um, as I saw your new Inner Temple Mystery School, which sounds just incredible, something that I see people, and this is kind of switching gears from you know, the motherhood to being a spiritual entrepreneur, which those words never really make sense to me nor to really identify with them. I'm like, no, no, we're just like creative <laughs> artists doing our thing. But I'm trying to acknowledge that that is a side of things yeah. you know, and just honor it. But I, I have fallen into the trap at times of trying to think that I need to promise something to people. Like if they mm. come to my program or retreat, like this kind of old thinking of, give and take, right? Like I'm going to give you something and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take your money for it. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and what I notice in your, um, your offering, you're not promising for people to, you know, launch their business or make some, a bunch of money or like discover the five keys to falling in love forever, you know, <laughs> something like that. But it feels like in the wording and the languaging, you're just honoring like your gift without that. And I'm just curious how that feels. If that was something that you consciously came to after years of Mm. online marketing or sales, um, or how, how people are responding to that in today's kind of marketplace that Mm. often touches on people's pain points in terms of like selling to them. Um, yeah, I'm curious if you could share about that. That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the old course that I had done that I, I knew I needed to let go was, um, yeah, like it it was never, it was never focused on like the business or whatever, but it was like supporting that dichotomy, you know, but even still then that just didn't feel in alignment anymore. And I think when we were working on the mystery school in particular, like I knew I wanted to have it accredited as in like, you know, just like it helps people to be like, oh, okay. Like if I have to do ongoing training, it, 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 it can be like, 
you know, honored as that, whether right. whatever professional field you're in or whatever, um, adds a bit of trust as well. But the whole process working with a governing body on the mysteries was like so challenging because the whole purpose of um, the mysteries is to embrace the unknown and have a, like at the mystics journey is have, have a direct experience with the sacred. Right. And so working with these ex, this external like body to be like, this is the, they're like, well, what is the test? And what are the people like, what are they, are they doing or whatever? And so it was, it was really interesting to get to it, but they were amazing in the end because it helped us actually form the grounded structure. And actually we did a whole module at the end on completion and endings, mm. which, um, oh my gosh, like, I mean, from teaching retreats and stuff, I'm sure you've experienced it. Like, you know, you learn very soon, like don't teach anything on the last day, just like complete it and then complete it again so that we can properly ground and anchor the energy. And so that whole experience was like, oh, such a, an incredible teaching. And, we're only in the the it's the first year now. Um, it's a nine month journey, and and we're in the second module, which is we are nature, and it's about like exploring our relationship with the sacred and the sacred that is here, but maybe we haven't been taught to see, for example. And it's it's so amazing, just like seeing and hearing um, everyone's individual experience of whether it's like a tree from their childhood or what they were taught about the sacred and what the sacred is to them now and the grief around the goddess, the grief around the disconnection from the earth. Yeah. And these like patterns in story that we're beginning to see because it's not about like, I mean, I do teach like the folklore and the myth and like there's information. So we start with what's known but then the bulk of it is what's unknown and what does a sacred, how do they want to appear through you? And I think there's so much richness there, wow. but it is kind of scary as well to be like, is that enough? You know, right, right, um, right. but I think, you know, I've always felt really uncomfortable with that whole expert thing yeah. um, that they say to do. I know like, <laughs> so many people are <laughs> because it's like how oh I don't know yeah yeah I mean it's just cool that you followed your own inner guidance around it you know mm. and not betrayed yourself by doing that shtick not that there's anything wrong with that mm. type of sales like that's it's just I know for me I when I've tried to do it it's felt like uh I'm mm. my soul is going the wrong direction um it's so interesting and I think like I'm like obviously with with you the what I, how I see you like I know you're multifaceted um but like you're such an artist and creator and like you're here to express beauty right. and life and energy and yeah so I think I think some some people are here to give the five tips or whatever but yeah it's like trying to force ourselves into these models it's like it it's just like you know when we're in careers that don't quite fit or close with it that aren't quite right. our style it's like it just doesn't feel right yeah yeah the accreditation process so do people leave the program with a sort of a title 
Yeah, so so it's it's a certificate of completion, but you have an accreditation in the Inner Temple Mystery School training. Beautiful. I I started thinking of like titles, but it it just did not feel right to me. Like, what do I say? Oh, you're a mystic. No, well, I don't get to say if you're a mystic. Like, you're right. a mystic if you say you're a mystic. Like, if you right. if you're having the direct experience. So, I decided not to do that. I'm looking at doing a teacher training next year where I think that I'm I'm working on what the title is, but it's, it's hard, you know? So I was thinking like, is it like a inner temple circle facilitator, like Mm. facilitators feel, I I don't like that word, but it's like, I've done the, like, it feels clean. It feels kind of, it feels clean. Exactly. But it's so tricky. Yeah. 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 Well, I love that you just, that you went through the accreditation process. And I think I did a program in 2020 where I supported a bunch of healers and coaches and I didn't do any accreditation. It was more like I was just mentoring all of them at once. And it was Mm -hmm. like creating some structure, but I was like, wow, that's a lot. That was a great, um, a great kind of beta test. And if I do it again, I think I would go for more structure and a little bit more. I think having that kind of you know, 3D world, just monitoring. It's like the space can be so unlicensed, which is also freedom. And it's beautiful for those of us who are making things and we don't have someone breathing down our neck and saying, you can't do that. You can't do that. However, for people that are signing up to programs, I think it can make it feel a little daunting to choose. And if something, you know, if something is accredited, I think it just supports, you know. So true. Yeah. I think it's like, Similar to like how boundaries make us feel safe or like, yeah, yeah, just like clarity. It's like, okay, all right. And I think yeah. that particularly when you're working in with the sacred and like, you know, doing like journey type work, like soul journey type work or altered state type work, it's like the the clearer the container, the deeper you can go. And, and I remember learning this um <clears throat> after I'd done probably like about 10 retreats and this one retreat I had for the first time, like a lot of support, like the most support, like every little B&B had a house mom. I had Mm. like, you know, 10 support people who were there. And it was the first retreat where like huge stuff came up, like really big stuff. And I spoke to a couple of people that I consult with just to work out how to kind of like maneuver the energy and and retreats always, there's always an energy, right. That you're working with and day two or the middle day is normally when it comes. And so, and, and one of my friends, Alia was like, do you have a lot of support there this time? Because that's the more safe people feel, the more stuff will come up. And I was like, Right. That's it. Yeah. And I've noticed that the, the more solid the container, the deeper the work and, and the more stuff that can come up. But yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've, that was such a huge teaching. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that I have also, like I had a, in that 2020 program that I did that ended up kind of having to move online. But the first weekend we were, I think 40 women together and wow. I had like, five or six assistants in the space. And I was like, afterwards, I called some of my best friends and I was like, holy shit, I don't know if I'm capable. Like I've never had this much 
think people going into full wild deep experiences in the space and um, a bunch of facilitated or the assistants had also done a, a lot of plant medicine the year before. And so had I, and I was like, right. I think we Whoa. brought in a lot of energy into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was intense. Um, <laughs> but those experiences I think are humbling where we get, right. to, Ooh, we are, we're practicing what we preach. We're working with really deep aspects of humans and it, it requires a lot of responsibility and care, you know? Mm. Um, but thank you for sharing about your process of just creating that school and like th- following um, the urge to transition and yeah, feel that. Well, as we're like moving towards wrapping up, I want to, I want to just touch on, cause I'm like, oh, Re- I get to talk to Rebecca. <laughs> um, <laughs> such a special moment and also feeling that like mystical heart to mystical heart feeling I'm curious about how you describe working with your direct uh, direct experience direct transmission of God goddess divine if there are you know any ways that I know we're trying to put like words on the word list but um how you experience that in your day-to-day what draws you back um are Mm. there are there really core key practices or rituals that are important for you or even figures or deities um almost like you know kind of giving us like a a top view of your mystical (laughs) architecture because i i feel Mm. my own and I am try to empower women to find their own, not just to mimic mine. I'm curious about yours as well. Hopefully that would inspire people to, to, to look and listen, right? Cause mm. I feel like it's such a unique thing where our soul is um, illuminated. Well, I think it, it began as the word I had was God. Um, but I think that was like societal upbringing um, rather than it being God. <laughs> it was, yeah. And then it kind of went to divine. I don't like the word divine now. No, I don't not like it. It's just like, it just, it's not quite right now. Right. The sacred is the word that feels like it, it, it holds it for me right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like more so and as I get older and older, this becomes more and more. So the great mother is um, really the words that kind of encapsulate even more so than the goddess, the great mother, like mother, like the original mother, like, yeah. And to me that, that is kind of like, and that's from like mystical experiences. I've had it particularly one like in the center of the earth, like in her arms, um, surrounded by like the grandmothers of the earth great the grandmother ancient grandmothers is another kind of phrase that has come but it's all been through like a direct experience rather than like reading yeah um the black madonna is some is a deity who's who's like kind of like appeared everywhere for me without it being like it was like a, a it was like all of a sudden i'm like well my whole house is a shrine to her mm. and I didn't even realize it um and to me she represents the great mother um yeah. as well um and then I think ultimately like how like chanting has been a huge practice for me 
um, just to, to, to take me to that nectar space. Um, I, I've trained in it as well. Um, you mean like yogic and like a bhakti? Yeah. So I've done various different trainings, um, in, in, in chanting. Chanting was a, was something that I just like when I began discovering it and doing it, I had no plan to kind of lead it or like share it or anything. But when I began to chant, it was like, I just kept on crying, like not grief tears. I mean, a little bit, but like just this, like returning to the nectar, returning to, um, yeah, just the nectar of the sacred. Um, and so, yeah. And so I did Kirtan training, like I'm, I'm a Kirtan leader. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, that, that was like a 10 year, um, kind of journey from learning to to actually then end ending up training and like I've got a harmonium and all of that um and then but I think ultimately more and more so it's it's nature and I know that is like seems so simple and so just you know but it's like that awe that we were talking about that I experienced that in nature all the time um through flowers, through trees, through um, mainly the earth, uh, sometimes yeah. water. But, um, mm. yeah, that brings me back all the time. Wow, that's beautiful. I think it's everyone's language is so different. My partner, I, I have a relationship with nature, but his is so specific where he, like, has a direct altered, like, experience like goes into such joy and awe like we went to see the aspen trees that are all gold wow we've done this the last three years in a row and he is just in his bliss there and i'm like that with water and Mm. i when i'm close to water when i'm naked in water i like (laughs) become a whatever fairy and find wow um but it's it's I I really think nowadays people are looking for formulas as to how to find that sort of deeply connected experience to life, which we could call a mystical experience as it transcends life as well. Mm. And I always I just want people to find their route home, you know, like right? Your walk, you know. Um, there's there's so many like there's so many opportunities. Like there's this book that I I read a few years ago. It's like, okay, here's like the 10 different ways that you can kind of go into an altered state or access the divine in this kind of old school way of like song, dance, nature, you know, drumming and um, uh, psychedelics. And like some of those are really true. It's like sex, you know, there are different pathways where historically or, you know, as per written text and, and, and stories, um, people have spoken that that this this numinous force has come into the room. Right. Right. And 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 I just think it's so fascinating to know when we feel it like for me. There is a feeling in my body that comes through and it's like at times it's like as if like a bell was being rung in the distance mm-hmm. like it's like a deep stillness um and uh like almost like i've i'm in this old cathedral but i'm wherever i am you know yeah but not like a patriarchal like colonized but like a pristine you know um so i just feel it's it's interesting to 
to be curious about what does the sacred feel like for us? Yeah, that's so true. And I think like one thing that I believe about mystical experiences is you can't really like, you can't make them happen. Often they happen when you least expect them to. And actually like if you try and describe them to someone, like if someone's had a mystical experience that they may be able to feel the energy that you're talking about, but the experience in itself is ineffable. Like you can't, you can't wrap words around it. Yeah. Like maybe your words will kind of package up the energy a bit, but it's like, you can't possibly, like you can't describe a mystical experience as in like, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. It's like it words aren't enough. Right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a feeling. And I think that like, right. It's that embodied experience um, where your mm. senses are a part of it, whether you're quiet in meditation or, or not, like there's a feeling, a deep felt sense. And I hope nowadays people don't get so lazy that they're not making space because they're like so busy and looking for like a quick fix mystical experience. Like let me just pay <laughs> three ways to have a mystical experience. <laughs> exactly. Let me just pay this. money back guarantee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like, you know, I just know that there's the practice of returning, whether you keep returning to nature or your altar, or your writing. You just, that's the devotion, right? I'm devoted. Right. Maybe one day you'll sit there and you will have something profound happen. But I I said this in my first book, I'm like, but it's not on your freaking time schedule. It's not like, okay, between (laughs) one and 3 p.m. I have time for the mystical experience. Okay, come on. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Oh, well, the last just little shorty question. Um, I just would love to put, which is like part of this podcast mission is to consider what is sacred and what is profane and where those blur, intertwine, separate. And so I'm just curious, um, just in a nutshell, what does that mean to you? Like the sacred versus the profane? Mm. I know, I know this like, it could be like a really long question. <laughs> Wow. Well, I think the 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 sacred is both like the most ordinary and extraordinary thing in the world. It's like really, really normal and really, really weird at the same time. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the profane is a little bit more rigid and it's just like mm. it has to be this way. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that definition. I would have never thought that or said that. So I love your, <laughs> thank you. Good thank question. You. <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, it's been so wonderful mm. to sit here with you. And I feel you like too, I darling. keep asking you so many things. And I, <laughs> I just, you know, I hope that everyone goes and buys your books. I have one of your Oracle decks right here. Uh, um, and you have so many incredible uh, Oracle decks and books and this program that's now happening and uh, your newsletters are great. So people, <laughs> if you're not already following Rebecca, go follow her and her work. It's amazing. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. 
For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.